This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan and news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi bhulte. Welcome to episode number 156. Abhinandan's not here. He's Yeah. <laughs> he's whining and dining and having cheese at the Jaipur Lit Fest. <laughs> so you'll have to cheese bear. And wine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you'll have to bear me as the anchor this week. Uh, we have with us the usual Hafta gang, uh, Anand Ranganathan, Hello. our in-house scientist, genius, many things all in one. Anand Vardhan, in-house skeptic, pessimist, <laughs> and astute columnist. Um, Raman Kirpal, who's managing editor of News Laundry, and we have a very special guest with us, Nitin Gokhale, who's Hello. a f- <laughs> hi. He's a former journalist. Uh, he's worked with the uh, Telegraph, NDTV, Sunday Magazine, Tehelka, Outlook. and he's currently a defense and strategic affairs analyst he's written six books and his latest book securing india the modi way is on pathan court and surgical strikes there's been a documentary uh, for history if i'm right yeah three parts documentary yeah which is inspired largely inspired by this book so we'll talk about that um apart from that we have a bunch of things to discuss it's been an action packed week uh, the prime minister gave two interviews one to z news and the other two times now so we'll discuss that if you guys have watched that Uh, he's also in Davos currently, where he delivered a speech. So it'll be nice to know the significance of this trip. Um, the Delhi Election Commission recommended the disqualification of twenty of its twenty um, of Aam Aadmi Party's MLAs for holding office for profit. Uh, the president uh, accepted the recommendation. The AAP has approached the courts. It's going to file another petition. Um, There was a horrific case of rape and murder reported from Jind of a 15-year-old girl. That case has gotten murkier. The prime suspect in the case was also found dead. Um, the Supreme Court in the Hadia case, I think, uh, gave a welcome order where they said that the National Investigative Agency can only uh, can is- investigate all aspects of the case except for the marriage because that will set a bad precedent. Uh, Minister of State Satyapal Singh uh, <laughs> said that schools should stop teaching Darwin's theory of evolution. I'm sure Anand will have a lot of things to say on that. Um, Kerala was in news for another murder. There was an ABP member, Sham Prasad, who was hacked to death. The party has accused a PFI member. And Padmavati is going to release tomorrow. And Karni Sena has unleashed itself upon many uh, cities. There have been buses were tossed in Gurugram. There was Ahmedabad malls were attacked and uh, cars were tossed. And I just heard that uh, the Haryana government has closed down all uh, bu- uh, pubs and uh, bars. Oh really? Yes. I know that in Gurugram uh, they attacked, they pelted stones at a mall, and there's today been a lot of today today in Gujarat also. Yeah, yeah. Ahmedabad also. They blocked Delhi Jaipur. Oh really? Ah. So we'll get to all of that, but since Nitin is with us, uh, we must. I thought we should start with something that made a lot of news last year, which was surgical strikes. Uh, l- well, last year, last before last. La- last year. Oh my 2016. god! Twenty sixteen. It's been long. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, a lot of stuff was said about the surgical strikes. A lot of questions were raised, and reports came out that did it happen? Uh, there were people who believed that okay, it happens. The army has always done this. We've always, you know, unke hamare do ke unke do. Ye sab chalta rehta hai border pe. But it'll be nice to know from you what was what. How was this different from anything that the army had done before when it comes to cross-border raids? Okay, thanks for <laughs> having me on this uh, thing. I've just answered this in Anand's uh, other oh, yeah, program. Must, yeah, uh, uh, so, but uh, better people, better informed, better involved people have answered this. But I'll attempt to answer that. Uh, as I said uh, before, I have said number of times that this was 
uh, operation that was planned at the highest level, owned mm. by the political leadership and, mm. and and the highest leadership of the army. Okay. Elsewhere, when the cross-border raids used to take place, they were at the level of a company or which is hundred people, uh, a major sub or a CEO at mm. best, the commanding officer would know about it. And they would do it because their people, seven of their chaps have been killed, so they will go and kill maybe 14 of their other guys. Mm. Uh, so it was meant to be, you know, kind of a one retribution. On one. Like one on one. At your own level, you settle scores. Level, yeah, setting, settling scores mm. there. This was uh, on a much larger scale, seven targets chosen across a arc of about 250-300 kilometers, simultaneous attacks on those targets. And uh, again, planned at various levels, at the highest level, in fact, at the Prime Minister's level, the clearance was given. So therefore, it was a much different uh, operation than the previous operations. Mm. Uh, and uh, it was uh, meant to convey two or three different messages, which was done that you told Pakistan that if you come this side and hit uh, our people, we can also go, which we haven't done so far. The hesitation in the previous uh, regimes, including if people are looking for equivalence, including mm. uh, the Vajpayee regime mm. of the NDA, there was always a hesitation of the political leadership to cross the line. You will remember in Kargil, uh, the Vajpayee government prevented um, the military from crossing the line of control, yes, even when yes. uh, it was prudent to go and cross the line of control. So that must not be forgotten. So this was a huge political risk uh, and a huge gamble. Anything could have gone wrong and it would have meant uh, loss of face loss of political capital uh, to Prime Minister Modi and uh, the military leadership, of course, would have come under tremendous criticism. So it was, uh, in all senses, a very risky kind of a gamble, which they went ahead and did. So that's why it's different than the earlier operations. Do you watch a lot of TV news, Nitin? I don't <laughs> do it anymore. In fact, uh, you'd be surprised. Even hmm. uh, two years before I left NDTV in um, 2014, November 2014, I had stopped uh, watching uh, primetime news mm. which, because I thought they were not primetime news, it was primetime views. Mm. <laughs> and I didn't want um, people to impose their views on me and mm. I didn't want the cacophony of trivia, as I call it, mm. uh, to be imposed on me. So I would rather That's watch true. movies, read. And I did that from 2012. I distinctly mm. remember that in our house, uh, news television uh, was not part of the viewing, mm. viewing mm. from then. So I don't watch, even today I don't watch. I'm asking because you're a, you're a defense analyst and defense, army, Pakistan, uh, you know, national honor, these things are constant fodder for prime time. Do you, do you watch any of these, like the war I studios, don't. the General Savant and I don't. I uh, don't. Major uh, Kamal <laughs> dressing no, I up? Don't, I, don't, <laughs> no. I, I don't at all. No. I get to know about them from Anand's tweets, <laughs> <laughs> about the, the there's, discussions. There's a new general in town, <laughs> General Sushan Sareen. Yes. Oh yeah, of course. Oh. <laughs> yes, and, and his colourful language, <laughs> which I come to know from Anand. So, I actually don't watch. I mean, if But you what made you quit the world of journalism? Is it because of... Is well, no, because of uh, no, yes and no, both. Uh, in fact, um, I had done, been there, done that, and I had done 23 years of uh, the 34 years that I have been in journalism mm. that uh, I did in Northeast. So okay. I was, uh, I had seen insurgency from close quarters. I had um, uh, brushed with uh, danger mm. uh, a couple of times, very close and very dangerous things uh, in Northeast. Lived there, mm. reported from there, despite being an outsider. So, for me, this was not a challenge when I came to NDTV. When I was invited to join NDTV in 2006 as the, their defense editor, uh, it was um, a kind of a reinvention uh, for myself. 
I did it for a while. I enjoyed it. Uh, to be very fair, they gave me a higher profile than I had. Uh, but uh, it was getting too uh, trivial for my taste. Uh, you did not. What I came to realize in television by that time was that you uh, television did not value expertise. Hmm. Uh, it needed. Uh, and sorry to be using a sexist term. Pretty young things hmm. to stand in front of the camera hmm. for two minutes, speak in good English, hmm. uh, faff if need be, and uh, pretty young and things can be men as well. So <laughs> men, men, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but people can misconstrue it. Uh, knowing today's uh, situation, I thought I better clarify. Uh, so I did not want to be part of that. I mean, it hmm. came to a situation where I would be required to. Give comment on some incident, some ambush. So it was just, it's just opinionating that, uh, opinion, and sitting. Yeah. So but I there's one know. incident from NDTV which I'd like to speak about. I I, I don't know if you would, but <laughs> this is this really came in news. You had interviewed the former Navy Chief Admiral D K Joshi. Yeah. That interview was pulled down, and it was very critical of the UPA, but it was also critical of a journalist. Yes, was of who came up with the so-called coup theory. And at that time, the paper Indi- that invented the coup the theory, theory was the which, sentence that he which used. Which was Indian Express. Yeah. But uh, so I know this because I had reported on the story. You would ask me a question also. <laughs> I remember but that. But we never really got to know. Like uh, NDTV said that there's some potential defamatory things that we are sorting out, but the interview never came out. So what what really happened? Yes, Why was that pulled uh, down? It was um, it was a last uh, straw on the camel's back in mm. a sense for me. Um, when that interview happened, uh, it was. Uh, regarded as a big scoop, yeah, and uh, it was a worldwide scoop. Everybody yeah, it said, was with the former, uh, Navy, former Chief, Navy Chief Admiral D K Joshi. Admiral D K Joshi, mm. who had uh, resigned in the wake of the submarine accident, second submarine accident, yeah, and it took him six months to come on record. And the earlier interview, as he was serving chief, was only to me on television, mm. and this was also again uh, to me. So he was very clear when he resigned. The day he resigned, when I spoke to him. He said, "If I ever give an interview, I'll give it to only you." Mm. So I was grateful for that, uh, you know, kind of trust that he had. So I went and interviewed him in Rani Khet, and it was played yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in NDTV. It came on prime time also, prime especially time. the bits about UPA yes, where he criticizes so the minister. No, it played for 48 hours mm. on both Hindi and English. So why was it pulled all down? All that, and then suddenly the the top bosses in NDTV decided that this was defamatory, mm. uh, and it was. Uh, you know, I didn't. Uh, I was told that uh, you did not contest. his statements hmm. uh, so i said there was nothing to contest because what he was saying i believed in what he was saying hmm. uh, and in fact i had news laundry had interviewed me madhu had interviewed me hmm. following that coup story hmm. in uh, 2012 2012 hmm. uh, what was it called can you take it or something hmm. yeah can you take uh, it can you take it, yeah. it? nitin gokhale he had, <laughs> yeah. she had interviewed me and hmm. i was very clear that uh, while the freedom of uh, press is important i thought that uh, that story actually turned indians against indian soldiers they mm. started suspecting indian soldiers of disloyalty and so i have written about it i have spoken about it so nothing hidden up about it so when they said this they said we are removing the interview we are uh, not happy with it it's got defamatory content i said you are uh, welcome to do it because you are the owners you are the by the okay. time nitin i think the interview had already gone viral yeah, it had gone viral actually made clips of it clips of it yes. and even if it they removed it it was actually it on was the there. and i think i remember manisha asking me this question so i directed you to uh, i think sonia, sonia singh yeah, and yeah, barkha yeah. who said it was defamatory it was defamatory you know that so that it was removed but that is also the thing with a lot of people who don't realize it once you pull something down it just gets Goes a life viral, of its own yeah. it would so, have just uh, you know done its own uh, yeah. rounds and then gone into but you know, now people still talk still about it and remember that. it because it was then pulled I down i thought that you know it's uh, if they don't trust me and if they think that i did not contest mm. and i suspect 
दे गॉट हाइपर आई मीन आई से दे एन डी टी वी मैनेजमेंट दे गॉट हाइपर बिकॉज फ्रेंड्स वुड हैव कॉल दैम एंड सेट दैट वाई आर यू यू नो अलाउंग दिस टू गो सो आई सेट यू नो दिस नो पॉइंट माई आई मीन आई 2012 I was already thinking of you know doing something I needed a trigger if you can if I look back and see it I got that trigger and I said uh, thank you very much for the good time that I had and actually NDTV gave me a much higher profile I am grateful for that there's uh, no uh, no denying that fact but there was time to move on mm. I had already done my I think it's an 8 year itch that I have in my career I <laughs> always reinvented myself uh, every 7 8 years by mm. either by accident either by design or by design and this is what happened so there right. so you were right. in uh, north east i was uh, yes ha uh, can mm. you put uh, some light on the attacks on journalists so we i recently there was a report of uh, 40 journalists being in in assam they have been well yes uh, there's actually, also been a in i think in meghalaya one of the journalists was attacked by the timber mafia yes, yesterday today. actually yes, uh, it's reported. nothing different from what we have uh, in rest of india northeast uh, the dangers were certainly there in the 90s when the uh, insurgencies were raging everywhere they were at their peak and we had our challenges uh, certainly and what happens is uh, local journalists as you know everywhere uh, working for smaller newspapers smaller channels are uh, really defenseless uh, even if they are intrepid if they are uh, bold mm-hmm. uh, nobody holds their hands and so uh, there were uh, you know people who got killed i mean there was parag das mm-hmm. uh, very famous journalist editor of uh, pratidin mm-hmm. pratidin newspaper in assam there was kamla saikya who was the first uh, victim perhaps of all that i remember all that uh, but as i said the circumstances are such that you never know who is the target mm-hmm. i have walked the uh, fine line you know 23 years uh, a gokhale in northeast uh, is something when i look back uh, a lot of people say you were brave and all that i don't think i was brave i was pragmatic i was sincere uh, i learned the language i was in the society but certainly we we uh, journalists are targets uh, in those places because there are multiple interests that you are actually hitting at uh, mm. like uh, even uh, sanjay ghosh was killed in majuli because he took on the uh, the ulfa Mm-hmm. Uh, the mafia there you know sanjay ghosh mm-hmm. who was a ngo worker headed the ngo so that uh, but i think that is uh, i don't know whether it has come down it will be wrong on me uh, my part to say that it's come down the incidences but if you are saying that somebody in uh, meghalaya was killed but it's true for many, many parts, parts of this country a lot of the mm. small stringers small or small stringers. reporters exactly. and it's There's, usually the mafia the yeah, timber the sand mining mafia yeah, the mafia yeah defenseless right. people okay let's get on with the news uh, anand why don't we start with you anand vardhan uh, what do you want to discuss do you want to discuss the pm's interviews do you want to discuss his visit to davos his speech uh, or something else tell us interviews okay uh, interview okay so you watch the z news No I didn't watch but you can discuss it. <laughs> you didn't watch. Okay. So um, uh, Modi uh, how many of you watched the interviews? Did you I watch? I watched in parts. In okay. parts same here. I didn't watch at all. You didn't. Acha you to don't. We've established you don't watch. So uh, Narendra Modi gave uh, uh, interviews. I watched the uh, Times the now. Z, the Z one not the Times okay. now one. So the Times now one was the next day. Yeah. And I watched the the clip that they gave on Twitter hmm. Times now. I mean ka yahi to same hi lag raha hai boss. So, uh, so just for the context uh, uh, Modi gave two interviews one to Sudhir Chaudhary of Z News and the other to Rahul Shivshankar and Navika uh, of Times Now so Anand what you saw the Sudhir Chaudhary interview what did you think of it yeah, well i mean it was what would you have asked modi no, if you were instead of sudhir chaudhary <laughs> was it, it was uh, a, the world exclusive interview it was it was a daily times kind of interview you know i mean i <laughs> personally i don't find anything wrong with such interviews 
but you have to uh, you know pigeonhole them as they, they're not news interviews they're not uh, they're not there to grill you it was basically and i'm sure it was scripted although sudhir choudhury did not mention it hmm. but even if it wasn't there was not one tough question there was not one question on the last 4 years on so many issues uh, you know that you could actually corner the prime minister on mm. and uh, you could see from the body language of uh, narendra modi as well he was like you know and his his language he was so uh, he was so calm yeah. he was so unnerved and he would you know whenever he's like that he puts g at the end you know hum to aise karne aaye ji ha hum to ji dekho ji aisa hai ji wo and for z like a neighborhood aunties no the cornering modi i mean getting modi on on this platform was a very big thing for them so i don't think it was a big thing i think the z, z. chairman hmm. is the a, uh, his book BJP. was inaugurated no, but isn't he a rajya sabha mp yeah he's ah, a rajya sabha mp he's an independent he's an independent okay ah. but he's known to be close to modi i mean ah. his book was launched at the prime minister's house i think for me uh, so it, it was like a, you know in the, when you're waiting for your dentist you get these how you know housekeeping magazines and that's the time when i read film fair and this how about, so uh, that was the time when i could have if i was waiting for the dentist i could have watched this interview how, and how would you it. i mean anand uh, that uh, his his comment on pakoras uh, if you 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 saw that part basically sudhir so asked him ki employment ka kya ho raha hai i read the transcript of hmm. times now interview times of india published it You read the transcript. You didn't watch it. <laughs> like, no, no, no. This was Z, where he he said. I mean, he was. I also read it somewhere that yes. pakoda two hundred rupees that, pakoda wala. That's doing very fine on. T- yeah. <laughs> so what was, what, the, sorry, what was I, I missed that. I Basically, Mo, uh, he asked uh, Narendra Modi about employment. That mm-hmm. employment generation के बारे में आपने बात कराया तो क्या हो रहा है तो he said कि Z News के बाहर अगर कोई पकोड़ा बेचे तो वो भी तो एम्प्लॉयमेंट है दो सौ doesn't get counted because it's unorganized sector. But it was just, of course, the kind of employment. people are talking about is not pakoda and all that no, you know so yeah. that was that got a lot of flack but i think my favorite question was sudhir choudhury towards the end goes aap itne bade ghar mein akele kaise rehte hain kabhi kabhi main sochta hu ki aap fir koi philosophical thought nahi aata aapke dimag mein no and his answer had dekho ji main to ek kamre mein rehta hu ek kamre mein rehta hu ji aisa hai ji simple hai ji but yeah modi of course comes out looking really nice in that interview once remember seen early 90s mirnal pandey when she was with durdarshan hmm. for a very short stint she interviewed pv narsimha rao hmm. and uh, some of the questions were similar <laughs> like uh, like uh, did, do you get time to read now mm-hmm. so uh, and uh, and it, i think it's on youtube also that interview and uh, so uh, i think soft questions to public leaders are uh, not uh, something to laugh off because people want to know these aspects of public leaders so soft uh, interviews are also welcome but uh, uh, the thing and all the pakora thing i think uh, he has this habit of using uh, uh, common parlance to strike mm. a chord with the people and uh, the point he was making he may not be very articulate in economic sense and uh, he doesn't claim to be but uh, it was that informal sector uh, jobs are also jobs if an office is set up and someone is uh, uh, doing uh, something tangential to it it is also a sort oh. of employment though that's not a question and that's not an answer one expects from uh, um, the 
एग्जीक्यूटिव हेड ऑफ स्टेट बट ओके मीन्स नहीं नो द प्रॉब्लम इज देर वॉज नथिंग हार्ड अबाउट द इंटरव्यू इट वॉज सॉफ्ट थ्रू आउट एंड समबडी हु हैज़ नॉट गिव हैज़ नॉट बीन होल्डिंग प्रेस कॉन्फ्रेंस यू नो फॉर द पास्ट थ्री फोर ईयर्स एंड गिविंग सेलेक्टिव इंटरव्यूज टू समन सो समन एक्सपेक्ट्स you know there was no question on demonetization there was no question on gst there was no question on no there was no question on kashmir so 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 you expect at least hmm. some depth some policy articulation perhaps Sa- i don't know i haven't seen it from but was there any uh, policy articulation well i mean he asked questions on the on gst on demonetization but uh, the answers were too vague and his questions were also not pointed it was very like what do you think so of demonetization also like he'd say ki if you're talking about economic growth he said things like uh, ab aapke prime minister banne se sab gdp ke bare mein baat karne lag gaye hain national suddenly started talking about gdp to ye change kaise aaya ya aap itne bade logon se dosti karte ho like on foreign relations is ah. you know they weren't like pointed questions that you'd expect but anyway that was sudhir chaudhary we don't uh, expect much from him and uh, two <laughs> I don't. Uh, two disappointing aspects of his evolution of hindi one is uh, this uh, ending with g mm. and uh, which uh, is a kind of uh, punjabi kind of hindi <laughs> a kind of corruption that has that is true yeah a, a kind of corruption <laughs> that has seeped into with his stay in delhi perhaps mm. so and second is the language you mean <laughs> yeah yeah and second is uh, yeah, now the actually that's uh, true you see arvind kejriwal talks a lot like that yeah. like hum to aise hi mile hue hai ji sab mile hue hai ji ha he puts so, ji uh, फॉर प्रॉपर हिंदी स्पीकिंग स्टेट्स दैट्स क्वाइट इरीटेटिंग एंड सेकेंड इज द प्रोग्रेसिव डिटोरेशन वुड बी दैट आप वुड बी फॉलोड बाय कड़ा है आपने कड़ा है आपने किया है आप ये नो दिलहाइट हिंदी इज लाइक आपने ये कड़ा है आप ये ऐसा करो आप ऐसा कीजिए नाउ ही मे नाउ एंड अप लाइक दैट ऑल्सो मीन्स देर इज अ प्रोग्रेसिव डिट्यूरेशन मीन्स आप हैज टू बी फॉलोड बाई अ वर्ब दैट दैट इज इक्विबेलेंट टू आप दैट आप ऐसा कीजिए आप ऐसा आप ऐसा करो नहीं बट यू कैन बीट राहुल शिवशंकर हु स्टार्टेड इज इंटरव्यू सेंग सो मच किया है नहीं सो मच मोदी जी सो मच हुआ है इतना किया है आगे क्या आपने तो बहुत कुछ किया लेकिन आपके मिनिस्टर्स बाकी लोगों ने इतना काम नहीं किया तो इतना वो ड्रॉप करता था वो इतना बोल के चुपाया था बट दिफ्रेशिंग थिंग इफ आई मे से सो इन दी सुधीर चौधरी वन दैट आई वॉच दैट मोदी डिड नॉट टॉक इन थर्ड पर्सन मेनी टाइम्स ये देखो मोदी महाराजाओं की तरह यू नो कि अब मोदी ये कर चुके हैं अब मोदी मोदी वॉट अबाउट द ट्रिप टू डावोस लॉट इज बिन मेड ऑफ इट इट्स बिन डोमिनेटिंग द प्राइम टाइम न्यूज इज इट अ बिग डील इज इट नॉट डिड यू गाइज वॉच अ स्पीच I missed his speech hmm. but I saw the uh, the Twitter memes that started Oh him meeting at the bus stop at yeah. the uh, bus stop and then uh, the um, what was that uh, television serial I forgot uh, the TV show the winter's coming good lord game of thrones, game of thrones. Ah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's snowing I you know this this Davos thing I've never understood I think it is basically not to um, it doesn't give anything tangible it's a networking the mm. whole you know it's like a huge tent 
it's like a marriage ceremony in Delhi hmm. and you have this tent and you you know you basically pack 200 people in it एंड सारे बाराती हैं सब खाना वाना खा रहे हैं सब यू नो खाना खाना खाते पे यू नो दे जस्ट टॉकिंग क्या अरे भाई दिस इज माई विजिटर्स कार्ड यू दिस इट्स इट्स आई मीन टू समन हु इज नॉट इन दैट डोमेन ऑफ नेटवर्किंग और ऑन दिस बिजनेस एंड सी यू दिस थिंग इट कैन बी ऑफली बोरिंग दिस नथिंग न्यू दैट वुड कम आउट टू मी आई मीन आई थिंक हिज स्पीच इन हिंदी टू इंटरनेशनल कम्युनिटी एंड लाइव टेलीकास्ट है पोलिटिकल मैसेज टू it was people. both uh, supposed to be a message from what Haan. i read in the papers was for to the domestic audience as well as the international audience Haan. and i think because india's flavor of the season uh, they got uh, modi to speak in the plenary hmm. I, i believe that's a big that deal that is what was that big, is a big yeah. deal uh, as far as uh, he's the concerned. first indian prime minister to uh, have for 20 years i think no or in the plenary years. i don't know but he is the first prime minister to go to davos after 20 uh. years after devegoda is what the papers say ah, so that's true 1997 but yes. that time devegoda devegoda was ignored i, I believe ah. in uh, that entire uh, thing so you don't expect devegoda to any uh, set uh, davos on fire <laughs> <laughs> anand your view on davos no, big deal davos is what to see presentations that in um, people make for potential investors so national governments make their pitch for potential investors so davos is that kind of event it's a kind of uh, jlf for prospective writers <laughs> so uh, so uh, uh, very contemporary <laughs> so uh, yes means uh, uh, for a third world country it would very we very irrelevant but for a country of india's size and economic potential like uh, and the possibilities uh, i think uh, that kind of networking comes with the package you, there are things that you have to do to remain relevant on um, in a globalized world but uh, prime minister lamented the decline of globalization there also yes. protectionism yeah, he says i read in the papers again that yeah, protectionism so it was um, president trump is going to speak last so some paper in- interpreted it as an anti trump <laughs> slant in the inaugural address only so mm. raman sir your view how was what 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 was no i said uh, i said i mean to me i i've been to davos for so long there is at least one one place where it's raman also a great time for journalists we say it's a, i believe in it's fact, a junket twitter page journalists are so super excited yeah. yes. rahul kamal i just i just <laughs> I, i don't know whether the government has taken them no, no the no. government doesn't uh, so the organization pays for it looks like that's a lot of money or the even, even, even digital entities like print print is there shekhar gupta shekhar gupta scroll has okay. a scroll is Achha. saying a scroll in davos oh, uh, oh really who has always gone oh. from a scroll really? i don't know yes. <laughs> news laundry bhai wow. abhinandan ko bolo kya hai ye switzerland bhej do khad ho gayi hum bhi thoda ski kar lenge rahul kamal ke sath tumhe rohtak bhejta hai switzerland we only go to up in that's our junket somewhere in rajasthan find Okay. not not even uh, till jaipur <laughs> this is you see this is where you the uh, uh, this is where the right time for you to pitch about subscription yeah so that you can go to davos so that you can send see? us to davos yeah <laughs> abhinandan hota to ye zarur kehta bahut khoro yes please do the needful <laughs> okay on that note i'm going to read a letter from a subscriber uh, by uh, juzer ali uh, he says um, 
I'm a subscriber. Thanks for producing NL Hafta, NL Charcha. Me and my wife are regular listeners. I used to believe that in this age of information, quality content would be freely available. But I do realize now that there's no such thing as free lunch. I want to contribute the following opinion about the great hypocrisy of our time. So he's talking about Satyapal Singh's comment, actually, about Darwinian evolution theory. Clearly, the MP has no knowledge of evolutionary theory, but his statement betrays a larger hypocrisy in our culture which needs to be addressed. This is not the first time a position of authority has challenged prevalent scientific opinion, which is based on overwhelming evidence with nothing but superficial statements. This isn't just a problem with politicians. Darwinian evolution is even more so a matter of contention among religious groups as it doesn't fit most religious narratives about origin of man. Abrahamic religions believe Adam was sent from heaven, while Hindu theology states that men were created from different body parts of Purusha. Evolutionary theory is a tough challenge for religious traditions, which insists on nobility of man. Be it the honored MP, head of religious groups, I'm sure they won't hesitate before taking antibiotics when prescribed by a doctor practicing allopathy, or they will readily have a doctor treat them for cancer. But evolutionary theory is the basis of modern medicine. To deny evolution, as Sal Khan from Khan Academy puts it, is to deny modern medicine. And then he writes about case against Ayurveda. Ayurveda may have been a thriving science at one point, but seems like the tradition wasn't carried forward by many pupils. Stopped discovering and innovating, and now it's as good as a dodo. Well, I don't agree with that. I mean, I do think Ayurveda still has its position, but it's true that a lot of there aren't the sort of practitioners who can take uh, the discipline ahead. We should really think about it. So, Anand, what do you uh, what do you make of the minister saying that you have never seen a man in a man? I think insan ko bandar bante hue to us din dekh liya humne jab but i mean to be honest what can one say you know it's like anjame ko lista kya hoga har shaak pe ullu baitha hai but it's not so much as his denying darwinian evolution I mean, millions do in fact if you believe in god you know in islam in christianity hmm. in some uh, you know philosophical treaties of hinduism like he mentioned you know hmm. you purusha, know, purusha the, this the thing Uh, but Hinduism is is so diverse that you know you don't you're not prescribed to follow a book. So you know hardly somebody would believe in it. Most of people wouldn't believe in it. Then there is the other contention that Dashavatar hmm. is actually a kind of uh, uh, you know it alludes to Darwinian evolution. There really? could be some truth to it. You know from hmm. fish to tortoise and then to uh, you know basically all the ten avatars. uh i it's it's a very light illusion if i can call it that but uh, you see the my problem is not that again you know that he denied darwinian evolution my problem is that he is saying that one should stop teaching it mm. now that's the problem that's and the also worry. i think he's followed up with uh, something that we'll we're going to hold a seminar or hold a conference a, hold a uh, conference in fact yeah and today thankfully i don't know baba but javadekar said there's no need to hold a conference yeah. <laughs> although javadekar hasn't himself said whether he believes in darwinian evolution or not <laughs> probably doesn't but uh, you see the one contention is that people call it theory of evolution now when of course when it was proposed by darwin in fact wallace proposed it before darwin uh, and then huxley was the one who 8 years before the descent of man actually said that man evolved from apes and then darwin wrote that book descent of man and things of that sort so for 70 80 90 years uh, you know people believed it as theory and a lot of in fact all uh, god fearing religions and uh, abrahamic as he calls it uh, this gentleman uh, did not believe in darwin in theory of evolution um, but right now it is not a theory it is an axiom 
so there are four concrete landmark things and experiments and events that have happened in molecular biology that have proven beyond doubt Darwinian evolution. So it should not be called a theory, a theory. of evolution. It is an axiom. It is not even a law. It is something that becomes an axiom like 2 plus 2 equals 4. And the first one is, of course, genome sequencing. You know, when you sequence the genomes of all organisms and thousands of different organisms have been sequenced, including humans, chimpanzees, you find that most of the housekeeping genes, by housekeeping I mean that the absolutely essential genes that make the cell function, that make proteins, that, uh, uh, you know, um, create more DNA, polymerized DNA, and make RNA, make so many other things that are important for the sustenance of the cell, they all share a common origin, right from a tiniest of bacteria to a whale or an elephant or a human being. And chimpanzee DNA is 98.4% identical to the human, not just similar, it's 98.4% identical. So it's been so proven... chimpanzee <laughs> uh, yes, I mean to come back to come back to that. <laughs> you see, it's yeah, it is not an overnight transformation. <laughs> Evolution is, and you know, in fact, I I wouldn't so much as blame this. I oh. think that's true, you know, like it's but a very, I mean, uh, I was just going to say blaming. that, that hmm. perhaps he start he stopped uh, reading and. Uh, learning about uh, the theory and thought it's just a theory it's just without knowing all so this. That, that's the problem. And that's where uh, I think uh, he should not get into an area which is, he does not have an expertise. And as he said, 100 years of uh, 100 research. years, it was theory. I mean, in fact, you know, the descent of man, hmm. uh, you know, was so much protested against by the Christians, you know, at that at that point it came in 1890s, of 1870s. Course, yeah, it was unbelievable. Also, which is very and uh, so the first one was genome sequencing. The second one is uh, directed uh, evolution, uh, sexual PCR by William Stemmer. I mean, one of, I would say after PCR and the discovery of the double helical structure of DNA, I think the most significant experiment done in molecular biology, where he showed that within half an hour, you can accumulate enough mutations in the gene. You can force mutations so that the gene the cell that carries that gene can survive. There is direct evidence of evolution. The third is ribozyme, discovery of ribozyme, which is that RNA can actually act as proteins, right? So, you know, that is... And the fourth is protocell. Protocell is by Zostak, another Nobel laureate, that shows that even if you do not have the replicating machinery in the cell, the most primitive cell, protocell, with just some fatty acids and, you know, cells thing, can actually adapt to a Darwinian evolution. So, with no machinery inside to replicate the cell... Just the osmotic pressure of the cell and the RNA content inside can actually force the cell to divide. And then from there, RNA world, it, we, we've come to humans. So please don't call it a theory anymore. In fact, a lot of people still call it theory, which is fine. You know, one is, uh, True. I'm ambivalent to people not believing in science. That's fine. But problem is when you stop people from, now even I'll exceed. You can also say, uh, uh, you know, in, in school books that theory of evolution is wrong. So many people believe it. Whoa. But at least teach oh, yeah. what people believe is right. And, and let people let debate people or think debate. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You see? Anand, so, so. you were about to say something. Yes, I mean, uh, I am not uh, scientifically equipped to comment on that. No, but, not uh, at all. So, Anand has enriched us. In fact. No, no. <laughs> no uh, so, but the terminologies we may not understand. So, uh, 
but the, it has been it has a history of being contested of course and uh, uh, newspapers uh, and uh, if you browse internet or newspapers or th- there have been ins- uh, instances where it has been questioned within scientific community also hmm. it, it, there was a 2014 paper in nature magazine which questioned it uh, and uh, Uh, that is all fine but uh, but what he is saying that you cannot on basis of that say that it cannot be taught that is problematic and he made it worse by that uh, hmm. Uh, expectation of uh, someone seeing th- uh, a monkey turning into man so that's an angry <laughs> I couldn't believe it uh, so, I mean so, in so, cancers so, so, for example uh, that may be his colorful way of putting it but it, <laughs> and if you see he is an emphil in chemistry he is an he is he was an IPS officer he was an IPS officer he was a police commissioner he was Mumbai police and Pune police commissioner he is a doctor also no no he puts a doctor in front of Yeah, no, no. Maybe PhD. PhD. He has done a, a, when he was in IPS. He has taken a doctorate in, in public management from a foreign university. But his doctorate is not in chemistry. He is an MPhil in chemistry from Delhi University. So uh, he was an IPS officer. So he, uh, he knows his science more than an average man. Means uh, and means uh, some. Yeah, I mean definitely. If he's done his MPhil in chemistry. <laughs> but uh, of course, uh, I remember that in 2012 he has this uh, right wing wing shift to his, his uh, thinking when he was in police. In 2012, uh, uh, in a Mumbai newspaper, perhaps in Indian Express or someone. Uh, something like that uh, he quoted controversy when he went to a convent school and said that uh, uh, some pe- um, students were not addressed pro- uh, dressed properly so he said that we, this these are one of the disadvantages of uh, attending convent schools yeah. so <laughs> yes. and uh, so he, while being in police force he had this kind of a statements to make so he had a history uh, so uh, that so that has of course blinded him to scientific rigor or something so mm. you know again just to finish up on that i mean in cancers for example a lot of bible belt Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a sc- for the last 10, 15 years, this debate between intelligent design, creationism versus Darwinian. So in schools, whether it should be taught or not. Uh, in Turkey, right now, they've actually stopped. Uh, government has uh, asked Darwinian evolution not to be taught. Hmm. So uh, you know, it's not that he said something which uh, I would say majority no of the of. world hmm. doesn't believe in. In fact, I would say he's he's actually in keeping with the general perception hmm. of the world, which is mostly religious. The problem is, again, as I, and I repeat Saying myself, which don't is, teach yeah, it. don't teach and it. And fal- falsification is something very close to science. It means one of the ways of scientific thought is you falsify things. Karl Popper's method that you see 100 crows and all are you uh, you say crows are black till you see the 101st crow which is white as and that theory is replaced by that yeah. crows ca- are but generally crows this are thing black stops but they can be after white after if the theory becomes an axiom yeah, like, like you know I, I, for example somebody can say oh the b form of dna is not double helical now obviously wow. you can say well, okay um, i'm this is my point of view but after 
the structure has come out after the structure has come out after the last you know last 50 years people have proven it's an axiom that b form of dna is double helical for someone to say no it's not what can you do about it you know who is who is more stup- stupid uh, the one who asked the question or the one who shut him up where uh, in this uh, i mean uh, he asked a question he, he challenged the theory or whatever mm-hmm. and there is hrd minister who just shut him up so HRD minister said he should boss not ask this question. Oh, boss, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So who, said, uh, who of the two is more stupid? <laughs> I, I mean, so the first thing that I've learned is that you can ask the most stupidest of questions, and I'm saying, but you know, you, I, I would not call you a stupid because no question is stupid, you know, because Spoken it like always, no, it always instills <laughs> something as a devil's advocate thinking. By oh my God, he said this. Now this is these are my four points by which I can disprove him. uh but again you know you, you can't stop people from not learning something and i said this 3 4 years ago that you know you introduce lot of uh quasi religious texts texts in schools right uh by quasi religious i mean or way of life you can call it gita mahabharat and mm. you have bible quran learn more about it you should also have books by uh, uh you know for that teach atheism or that talk about you know for example hitchens or you talk about dawkins why not introduce these books you know let students make their own mind long so, time uh, yeah but after this happen. i'm sure it's never going to happen ye to ulta ulti ganga beh rahi hai yahan pe you know okay um, moving on uh, raman sir maybe we should speak about uh, the aap mlas who were disqualified uh, could you give us a little background on what that was that made a lot of news mm-hmm. a lot of people have called it political vendetta and the ec being used a lot of people have said that aap had it coming so just a little bit of background and then maybe we can ask him no, no, aap aap basically what had happened initially these uh, 20 mlas were given uh, a post parliamentary uh, secretaries parliamentary secretaries and uh, later uh, when somebody challenged it in a court of law they realized the mistake and they immediately tried uh, to bring in a legislation yeah. Okay, so so that, so uh, they were caught red-handed. Hmm. Now their defense is, I mean, there are two three things in this. The one defense that they gave by countering that it happens in Madhya Pradesh also, where the BJP is ruling. Okay, but that counter cannot work. I mean, if you have done something wrong, you cannot say that that person is also doing. So nobody has challenged there. I mean, if they they challenge there, I think EC is going to. Second thing is why EC has taken so much time. uh to disqualify there i mean somebody uh, because they have done a mistake aap has done a mistake i mean and and this they need to be disqualified for this but why ec sat over it for two nearly two two three years aap had a problem of plenty i think i they didn't know how to accommodate so many mlas <laughs> so they did that so don't blame yeah. them actually on a lighter note yes <laughs> so so that is there and uh, in such uh, i mean the aap another question that the aap is trying to raise that they were not heard on this issue but the ec i think held a Today, press I conference today i think he said something you know in the papers i saw that they never came to us for hearing mm-hmm. i think the ec the outgoing ec or somebody and uh, they said delhi high ah, court they said ki we will speak at the appropriate time or something but they ec is saying that on their part they had asked them to clarify their uh, position on this so they never came that's they never came that's what ec is ah, saying ah, yeah they never came on this so so but i think this was destined i mean they had to be uh, i mean as per the law they had to be shunted out i mean hmm. no no doubt about it anand yeah i mean as raman i mean i agree with raman the whole point is people forget this and you know they indulge into what aboutry hmm. 
but the point is uh, selective application uh, or using the law is not a defense i mean you cannot say ki are usko pakad liya usko nahi pakda mujhe pakad liya you know usko tumne speeding ticket uh, nahi diya mujhe de diya so i mean that theory doesn't stand in fact i remember when it came out they took the example not of madhya pradesh but of gujarat hmm. without realizing that gujarat guys in 1969 i think the congress government were very clever they first passed the bill and then they allowed the uh, you know this jay jay bachan was disqualified retrospective yes. and, and there is no no history uh, in the ec Uh, of being selective in such hmm. issues hmm. so that is why i will not sonia gandhi ha sonia gandhi yeah. also that national uh, the nac yes i think that was she had to ah, resign so, and she yeah. so here i will not say that uh, the ec was selective but yes why they sat over it for so long that's the question yeah plus so many conspiracy theories also ab now see they are saying that uh, the president is in the pocket of bjp i i uh, feel you know, i feel i mean uh, if if we outside the preview of this law i I only have one thing to say. Uh, see, we at the end of the day, twenty elections is going to happen in twenty assemblies, and this is our money that that they are going to spend. Mm-hmm. So, so here uh, maybe ah, uh, so maybe if the if the if the allegation, I mean, this secretary, if they had not taken money, if they had, if the EC had done some investigations, they could have given you know. small warning or something so i think it should have been there i'm mean, just thinking that the public money being not wasted so this is a very interesting question sorry before uh, this come in that i had never thought of that you know so 20 by elections are going by to take place and crores of money crores of taxpayers money yes. and time hours man hours yes. for you know manning yes. the election everything is yes. fine who is liable for it i mean would the aap mlas be uh, prosecutable liable for no. uh, this no. if they no there no way that they no. it will be it's going to be on government they have expense. just been di- election commission election commission expenses yes. which is our money after which all which is money. our money yeah. <laughs> What's your view on this, Nitin? Uh, the whole yes. AAP controversy. I agree with Raman on that, and uh, to say that the president is in the pocket of the BJP is unfair because the mm. president cannot go out of the, uh, I mean, away from the advice given yeah. by the election commission. He has no separate powers of investigation or separate powers True. of adjudication. So to blame him is uh, completely unfair. Uh, to my mind, AAP can actually turn it into an advantage by playing victim. Uh, which That's I'm sure they will do. do. They will do, I uh-huh. suppose, uh, going forward, going by their record. that uh, you know it's uh, always that uh, they've uh, what about re that anand mentioned mm. uh, here they'll not do what about re but they will play victim and say that there's a conspiracy theory and many people i suspect voters would uh, tend to believe it mm-hmm. anand uh, just two three hours ago delhi high court has uh, um, put a stay on announcement of polls by you see by by polls so uh, that aside uh, it is one of the consequences of the 93rd constitution amendment which freezes the number of ministers to 15% of the strength of the assembly mm-hmm. now it is uh, it is uh, overreaching of the accommodation politics where you try to distribute the loaves and fishes of office to people who you couldn't uh, accommodate within ministries in the ministries so, um, so it happens these mlas yeah. by giving them some That's posts the problem of plenty that i was talking about mm-hmm. because if you have 67 mlas how do you कीप दैम केजरीवाल सेट न कि भगवान ने हमको इसीलिए सिक्सटी सेवन सीट में जिताया कि बीस को जाना था ताकि हमारी गवर्नमेंट बने इनफैक्ट बिफोर द इलेक्शन दिल्ली असेंबली इलेक्शन देर वॉज अ पर्सन आई मेट हु 
working with the IT cell of AAP and he was very clear that if this time they didn't accommodate me, they don't accommodate me in some position of power, I would leave them. Hmm. So there were many aspirants like him also. Hmm. So uh, there are. Uh, so that is one thing. The uh, where they blundered is that they wanted it, uh, the bill to work with retrospective effect, which it can't. So it can't. Uh, it can't. So it cannot work in retrospective way. So that that is one thing. Now the conspiracy theory is about. Uh, I think uh, BJP even if it planned this, they would. Uh, they are. Uh, some an entity which is likely to get least uh, from it because uh, I think if elections are held, it's a uh, it would it would dent BJP's political uh, capital in a uh, uh, say in Delhi where it is uh, say not means its uh, possibilities are not as bright as mm. because if in the penultimate year of the general elections if you lose say 15 seats out of 20 mm. then it somehow uh, devalues your political capital mm. so I don't think it's a very if if it is a BJP move it's not a very it's a smart, it's smart a bad move it's, smart, <laughs> it's, it's a not bad a move. smart yeah, move so would you say it's uh, it would be a test for Modi Ha, again, so so <laughs> the problem with Modi is that uh, panchayat elections to every election is a test for Modi. So, so he but has one thing is certainly suspect: the the outgoing CEC is actually there's a new one's been appointed today. Hmm. So this guy comes up with this decision a day before he is to retire. He's to retire. <laughs> that is a bit uh, odd to me. I mean, you know. There are bureaucrats who, uh, uh, even the... even Supreme Court judges hmm. who wait for last day to yeah. do very important things. Yes. It has, jate, been, jate. A, it has <laughs> been history of constitutional offices in Could India. Be, yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, also... Justice uh, Shah, I think, the 377. Yes. <laughs> and uh, also you uh, see... Uh, if uh, AAP takes this case to, uh, it has already to Delhi High Court and Supreme Court, uh, the history has been that uh, courts generally don't uh, have much sway over constitutional bodies like UPSC, mm. Election it's Commission. Judicial uh, body. Co- election Commission. Uh, courts are, are not very effective. Why is it these bodies? Uh, the only. Um, instance where it has been very effective and that was Ishi's own problem in mid-90s when those three election commissioners were fighting for their own turf that all should have equal powers and this that session time, Krishnamurti Mm. and this. So that is so they are, it is less likely that they will get a reprieve from the court. Okay, I'm gonna read out another letter before we get to the next topic. Uh, This one is from Saurabh. Uh, he had written to us last week actually also on the Quint uh, you know, story that we had discussed. So he says, this email goes specifically to you, Abhinandan, because of your strong views on the subject of journalistic duty. Thank you for sparing a significant amount of time on my email. I wrote to you in my capacity as a regular average subscriber and the rank in my email was just a default footer. I didn't intend to use my rank position to prove my point. So maybe next time you can just address me at Saurabh. You know, he had basically, we had discussed at length the Quint story that was pulled uh, down. Chandan Nandi's uh, story, story mm. uh, which basically <laughs> said that Kulbhushan Jada was a spy. We discussed, Abhinandan uh, was of the view that uh, journalists can't care about uh, 
national interest when you know if you have if the story is right if the story is right it's credible it has a meaning the, the story is right. right so there i have this i mean i don't know what you've discussed but uh, i don't uh, mind that kind of a story and should be done uh-huh. we have, uh, i mean many people have done this kind of a stories one has done that but then the editorial uh, uh, leadership must then stand by that story yeah that was a that wrong is, story that was a very weak exactly. story exactly but uh, there is a i think uh, i don't know who you wrote or somebody else that he has a record of doing that was uh, shivam's which <laughs> Wrong, wrong stories because yeah. uh, even the surgical strikes which i have detailed in so many things i remember it was done about 7 days in advance uh, oh yes chandanandi um, had done a story exactly, on exactly and said had, that you know this had happened he had preempted so the he had surgical preempted strikes the whole thing when nothing had happened i mean actually i don't know whether he was set up or uh, he was given some information because actually uh, there were two uh, surveillance reconnaissance teams which had gone uh, to survey the targets and that stayed inside uh, pakistan occupied kashmir for 24 hours hmm. on uh, in two different axes and uh, that was more dangerous than the actual strike because the actual strike they only did for 15 20 minutes and came away so maybe somebody told him that and then they sort of he just let uh, let it, it lose uh, hmm. you know let the entire story so there is this uh, thing so i would say uh, if the story was right i'm all for it Uh, the editorial leadership then should have just uh, backed stood it, by the story stood by the story it doesn't happen i have had occasions after kargil where vinod mehta has withstood had withstood pressure from vajpayee i was witness to it that he uh, the prime minister is calling vinod mehta and saying mehta ji kya kar rahe ho aage election hai ye mat kariye you know we had done some critical story of the vajpayee government on the kargil issue hmm. so vinod mehta the finest editor that i have worked with he said uh, आप एक चिट्ठी लिख दीजिए हम अगले इशू में छाप देंगे उसको सो यू हैव टू हैव दोस दोस काइंड ऑफ गट्स फाइनेंस यू हैव टू स्टैंड बाय द स्टोरी द स्टोरी आल्सो हैज टू बी वर्थ you know being but standing but one question to nitin on the same subject you won't be worried that uh, printing of this publishing of the story even if the editor stands by it would put uh, the spy or non spy's life in danger Yeah, would I would be worried. I would be worried, and therefore the discretion that I spoke about, which I was advised, you know, as a young, twenty-two-year-old uh, reporter, cub reporter by M. V. Kamath, it is more important what you don't write than what you write. What he meant was that you have to be discreet. You have to choose the timing. Mm. It yeah. this could have been this story could have been written if maybe was, you know if he has come back. No, you have a temptation. Mm. I tell you, I mean, uh, I give you one example. Again, Vinod Mehta. I. Uh, I had somebody as director of uh, you know DRDO uh, so I at that time there was some uh, some some uh, nuclear uh, leakage in Brazil or something and we were importing sugar from Brazil so I bought 2 kg of sugar from super us that time we used to have super bowl uh-huh, in so place in yeah, place yeah. so from there I bought and 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 then I gave that sugar for the uh you know yes. test okay. my my uncle uh, he did it at mm-hmm. drdo okay okay and he found the traces of uh, radiation. radiation my god and he gave wow. me the entire report mm. and i at the sugar time, was bought from at brazil that, at that time we used to have no telephones nothing mm. so i just gave it to my chief reporter boss i have got this story and i just went out for another story mm. and they were searching for me all over <laughs> sheikh uh, this uh, vinod mehta mm-hmm. and uh, they called me uh, in the by i think 4 5 o'clock they told me that they are looking for you so i went so there was a huddle of uh, huddle editors. of all the editors <laughs> all the editors were there 
and they had a meeting and Vinod Mehta was so tempted and then you had Ajoy Bose that's right you had uh, this uh, this is in Sunday but also, the story Pioneer. Pioneer. the story Pioneer. didn't go no he Why? was he said no let us go let us go with the story hmm. so Ajay Bose even I was telling he boss this is my uncle who has done it <laughs> <laughs> huh? and and we have nothing on paper yeah. we have nothing I was also tempted I mean as a reporter I was yes, yeah. because he was telling me what is going to happen to pregnant women hmm. it was a I told I told Vinod Mehta ki, why don't we get it independently hmm. done hmm. now at those days independently done means you have to send these samples to the US hmm. Okay, so we could never, we didn't have that kind of money, mm. so so we couldn't send it to, mm. and then the better sense prevailed, the story never so there went. There was no proof really. Ah. In that but then that's also a huge story to do, I mean it, it should have been done though. Because my God, it was a huge story. No, no, but I tell you what happened, no, okay, I tell you the second thing. Okay. I said, okay, Vinod Mehta was so insistent, he, he wanted this story to go, I said, okay, let me get it double check mm. so I again went to my uncle mm. then he understood the journalistic implications, implications. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so he was very afraid mm. so he told me this is the second thing he said Kiraman the first time the test tube was contaminated mm. the second time the <laughs> test tube wasn't mm. yeah. so he said Ki, no I think uh, there are no traces mm. second time when he did it so anyway I wasn't into, as a reporter mm. uh, we have been told that you have to double check your facts so in this particular story That's of right. Chandan's landing yes. I mean there was nothing I no, mean no, there the two sources yeah. saying that he's a spy how can you no no but I'll tell like you another Vinod Mehta story if you have time <laughs> uh, because <laughs> during Kargil okay. uh, in the Last first one. For, yeah first um, uh, week of my reporting there uh, I went there and I learned that there were huge bungles and this war should not have happened young officers were telling me Jawans were telling me so I came back to Delhi uh, on a weekend in between the war I think Outlook Money was being launched. Sandeepan Dev was the editor and all that. So I came for that. And I went and whispered into Vinod's ear that this has happened. He said, look, just concentrate on the, your reporting right now. Let the war get over. This is not the time to do uh, the contrarian story. We will do it after that. And actually, the stories that we did post-war was follow-up of that. He actually reminded me. I was going back to Guwahati uh, yeah. after 45 days. He said, what about that story that you mentioned? Please follow-up. So discretion, so timing, timing yes. nice. is yes. extremely timing. important. important. Yeah. yeah. Really and nice. exactly timing, I think, is very important in this case. Anyway, just getting quickly finishing off this letter. He says that while on the topic of duty, there's a subtle difference between duty towards nation and towards government. That's the difference between his team... Between the work done by you and your team versus work done by Argo and his team. So ultimate question is a philosophical one. What is your definition of duty? A corollary is whose duty are you doing and whether your duty clashes with mine. Basically, we had also, you know, Anand Vardhan had given us an example of what if a sportsperson uh, who's won a gold medal gets caught doping? Do you expose him or not? Uh, so he's referring to that. Uh, anyway, uh, next. What do we go with next? What? I think the duty of a reporter is, I mean, he has no religion. To do he has the to story. Report. And let, let, it, uh, let the decision uh, be taken by the leadership. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, okay, moving on. Uh, Padmavati released today, Padmavati in 3D. I don't know who will watch Padmavati in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Those who want to watch Deepika closely, I guess, mm. or Ranveer Singh closely. So anyway, it's released today and uh, the, it gets a uh, nationwide release tomorrow. And Karni Sena has really been let loose. Uh, buses have been burnt. Uh, they've absolutely gone on a rampage. For some strange reason, Karni Sena representatives on primetime TV come wearing a beret. I don't know why. 
but uh, anyway so they're all over prime time and malls i saw some really horrible images of malls being pelted and window panes being broken uh, i really don't know how it is a fringe group i'm guessing i i do think it's a fringe group it's not really mainstream it has been mainstream as i think because of television coverage yeah i don't know how you can get away with that despite a supreme court order despite your government They're getting being, away for very simple reasons for inertia on the part of the politicians whether opposition when the, i mean politicians in the opposition or politicians in power who are ruling yeah. yes mm. because uh, even the congress doesn't want to what, what is congress doing on this front they are not speaking much about it because they will lose their votes mm. so i think it's a complete political inertia which has led to this mm. but somewhere and it has to stop no i mean it has uh, to stop it has to stop somewhere and as mm. we are speaking i'm seeing this horrific this really scary image of children in a school bus in gurgaon crouching and terrified and you have karnisana goons pelting stones i don't even know if these are i, I wonder if these are even people who know what they're doing matlab it could very well be just goons bought to just go crazy before the release because it's really it's really tough for me to believe also that in a place like gurgaon there would be you could rally a mob for padmavati you know some and princess of rajasthan and they have none of them have seen the movie Yeah, of course, Anna, but that's never really important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whether you want to see no, the passions can be whipped up. I mean, it's a simple yeah. thing about uh, yeah. so-called honor and prestige and whatever. But what's so, you know, let me hmm. choose my words very carefully hmm. and say that uh, this is an example of a failed state. <coughs> you can look at it from any angle, and the only conclusion is that we are a conglomeration of failed states. and i i disagree with raman there when he says that even the opposition is to blame see the opposition is not in power the people who are in power the people who have law and order under their control the people who have been ordered by the supreme court to make sure none of this happens they are allowing this to happen no so opposition kahan aa gaya abhi no opposition ke liye is a very good rallying point to prove that they they also matter yeah so 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 in in your life in your political life you get very few ra- such rallying points mm. so i think in this particular case the opposition but I'm just completely fails action on these goons mm. you know the no, action the cannot action, be opposition uh, no no definitely not action but but, but, but the opposition can be a pressure group to 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 ensure that the state works so they are not even acting as pressure groups but so it's sad like what i agree with anand what he's saying is that if the people who are supposed to protect lives and property are uh, failing to do their duty then they don't deserve to be uh, where they are yeah mm. you know it's uh, no mm. that is definitely there but i i personally feel that this is a complete political inertia because see that state alone if you if you leave everything uh, you know to state alone things will not move so you need pressure groups to you know put that kind of pressure no but uh, see again when you talking of pressure mm. again apologies but uh-huh. a little bit you see uh-huh. none of the people who are in power they have the law and order with them are acting that's not all none of the bjp politicians have called these guys goons and will set you right Absolutely. no comment from the prime minister uh-huh. no comment Nothing. from amit chanu so it is a failed state in that sense absolutely you see? i'm here with you yeah i'm here with you but i'm taking it a little further mm. that there is a there is a failure on the part of the opposition too to rake it up and yes. uh, make a big deal about it anand vardhan yes uh, of course failed state means uh, one of the elementary descriptions of a state is that it, it has coercive power over violence I means it has monopol uh, monopolistic mm. uh, 
control over violence. So the production of violence has to be a state monopoly. So, uh, so uh, as I have earlier also pointed out that the state has to act as the biggest thug when there are other thuggery mm. in the uh, its territory in its ter- territory so it has to act as the biggest thug and uh, um, two things are clear that there is an outsourcing of lumpenization because uh, the karnishena is not a kind of uh, uh, group which has a, a, a cadre which can be mobilized overnight to do violent act yeah, in fact, so, before Padmavati, uh, so, one never even heard of yeah. Karni Sena. So, it's an ad hoc kind of organization mm. which is at best uh, uh, functional in uh, annual sammelans and, uh, and uh, speech giving. So, uh, how it could galvanize it? Uh, so, it's outsourcing of lump- lumpenization to one extent. Now, the question is not about freedom of speech or something like that. Those are, uh, means anyway very what you can perfunctory things to say but uh, uh, it's now about law and order it means uh, uh, the discourse has shifted now that that kind of discourse around freedom of speech is it's over. over it's you know, it's, yeah. uh, uh, it's about all law and order and uh, inability of it and uh, um, you see hardik patel and alpesh thakur siding with uh, the protesters and uh, they have uh, they are as against Padmavat uh, as anybody else. Wow. Now, this is the nature of identity politics and communities uh, 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 exerting political uh, uh, say sway. So, uh, it, it, it is, uh, uh, it may sound pessimistic, but it is a sign of things to, uh, that will to come and it will happen in India for a, a very long time to come. Mm. So, it is not something that should surprise anybody. Yeah, time to time such issues come. Mm. It could be Maratha yeah. identity politics, yeah. it could be Bhima Koregaon, it could be you know, any of the, or some books hmm. sometimes. Hmm. I still remember, of course, Anand Wood, uh, I think in the 90s, Paul wrote A Million Mutinies Now. When he went and talked to Shiv Sena, he talked to a lot of Khalistan, this people. And this seems to be a cycle that India is a cycle, birth of rebirth, you know, keeps on repeating itself. You know, nobody can put a stop to it. And uh, maybe this is the kind of diversity that uh, we people like. I have no idea. You know, There's just going to be no screening of Padmavat in uh, Rajasthan. Yeah, Rajasthan and Madhya Pradesh also. And the Supreme Court has uh, dismissed. They have uh, dismissed, but the, the film distribution... Yeah, film uh, that's the thing. In the fact, way. that is what is the, going to happen in Gujarat. Yeah. So even though Gujarat will not ban it, uh, all the distributors will say we will so not be no, scared no, to... The, the, I mean, the Supreme Court's power. Yeah. What can the Supreme Court do? And it makes, I mean, you can't blame them also. I can't. Who wants to take on, like, if if the state can't protect you? Right now, I mean, uh, school kids and bus. everywhere. Who's going to, you know, sort Mm. of... uh, look for it okay that's all we have for this week's hafta uh, so yeah this is going to be free this podcast is going to be free because it's going to be released on uh, republic day so that's our gift from independent media to uh, our independent listeners um, uh, please keep your suggestions ready uh, let's start with Anand do you want to give me yeah, suggestions so I have a couple of suggestions one yeah. is I watched this film The Post hmm. uh, Spielberg's film oh True. so did oh, I on Saturday it's absolutely amazing absolutely fantastic, fantastic. Film, yes. you know, I think Meryl Streep it has just been nominated uh, for Oscars Oscar. I think for Best Actress and to have well, Tom Hanks and Meryl oh. Streep together I've seen seeing them was <laughs> amazing actually hmm. 
and a lot of people said that journalists should watch it but mm. i when i watched it i was like proprietors should watch yes. it yes. how many owners yes. will have that spunk oh, yes. yeah. how but many way, i don't uh, know of a single uh, indian way, media owner who would do way, that z uh, you know book the hall for three days to show it to their employees <laughs> their oh, employees <laughs> I think Subhash Chandra <laughs> needs to Subhash. watch it more than his, <laughs> more than his <laughs> because uh, it's true like, you know that scene where she says that you have nothing to lose the editor but yeah. you know she has risked so much she had everything to lose her. so that's the first one yeah. i think please go and watch it and the second one is as a you know we were talking about job modi pakoda and all that stuff and uh, you know about the jobs where are the jobs coming from there's a fantastic debate taking place in the social media and in print hmm. nothing much on television about Uh, i think a paper working paper that came out uh, from the uh, someone economic advisor to the sbi and an i am bangalore professor they'd authored this paper saying that uh, uh, jobless growth is a myth i.e that last year 5.5 million uh, formal sector jobs were actually created okay and they looked at the payrolls from the provident fund and all that to find out you know how many new enrollments are there and how many active enrollments and all that stuff so based on their analysis they said last year 5.5 million formal jobs were created and now the that triggered a debate so there was um, a, a rebuttal of that uh, by um, Praveen Chakravarty and um, Jairam Ramesh in the Hindu saying that all your data is absolutely rubbish and these are the points that you did not take care of it and uh, you know this is simply not true and then there was a rebuttal of that rebuttal by the original author saying that no your piece is rubbish <laughs> these are the things so as fantastic data filled debate going on okay and i think this is one of the last things um I would say the stick to attack Modi because the economy seems to be back on track now things are moving well and all that stuff are post demonetization so this the jobless growth business and how many jobs are being created in what you promised so I think if this this egg is cracked uh I think this would be the last uh, kind of battleground kurukshetra for pro and anti modi forces so I think please so there are three articles one in times of india that triggered the whole thing and then two in the hindu mm. and they the pros- possibly are going to be more so this nice. is an excellent debate nice um but there were uh, also i mean just in that context yeah. couple of articles in the mint and there, yes. there are these uh, forbes was, uh, survey right. uh, live uh, what was it uh, not livability uh, worse off indians yes. are worse off under modi yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. in prosperity yeah. or in survival in survivability or something, something, something of like that, that yeah. kind yeah. so uh, but i'm always amazed at the timing of these uh, reports uh forbes and uh, others uh, i mean there is a, again in the west and from the uh, the world bank saying india is going to be the fastest yeah. largest uh, uh, economy fastest growing largest economy somebody else in the west says no it's uh, the livability or uh, survivability is uh, much lower than uh, before so i think um, data can be interpreted both ways you know yeah. as a journalist uh, i am uh, i'm sort of uh, supportive of uh, you know data crunching and uh, data based analysis but sometimes it's also about perceptions voters really don't care in my view about gdp about mm. growth rate as long as people have their um you know dal roti or mm. the daily pakoda uh, and security <laughs> more than uh, anything else uh, security i think uh, i i go across the country i was in down south in belgaum for instance which is a small medium sized town and i was doing a back of the envelope kind of um, survey and uh, i asked them what is it that you feel that this government is done right and wrong so they said right is that 
uh, you know, except for uh, violence in Kashmir, which is so distant, and some parts of uh, Punjab, we've been completely violence-free. And that's true. I didn't realize. I mean, despite being a security analyst and all that, I didn't really in terms look of at terror it in attacks, terms of terror attacks terror in the attacks. mainland, Touchwood. Ah, touch uh, yeah. So that is uh, one. And second, they said, of course, the mangai, I mean, the, you know, the inflation has uh, gone up. That is their worry. Mm. But otherwise, they seem to be quite content. I mean, you know, mm. that way the perceptions mm. uh, differ from state to state. If yeah. you are living in the north, yeah. there are other issues. If you go down south, there are other issues. Mm. So I think the suggestion is that keep reading, but the overload of information is uh, going to be a challenge. <laughs> how to sift through it. I feel that that's a challenge for me, but I don't know how people, normal people we react. We generally recommend uh, something that we like, we've read or, you know, so anything no, you, you want to recommend? Your book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, can, your book. you can do that. My book actually gives a lot of information and data. And as I discussed with Anand, Anand also pointed out, I have not uh, given my opinion in many cases. Uh, and so therefore it might seem to be laudatory, mm -hmm. uh, which I don't mind. I mean, in the sense that I am no longer uh, a journalist who has to be absolutely, you know, objective, which is not possible in any case. A journalist who has to say on the one hand, on, on the other, mm. I don't have to say that. This is my view. And, <laughs> you are up to the balancing that. act. <laughs> so that's, the, that's it. Okay. Anand, your, your suggestions for the week? Now, uh, I am reading uh, Sasi Tharoor's book, Why Are You My Hindu? <laughs> uh, so, oh, how is it? So it has to be read uh, for the reason that how is it is easy for some people to get published. <laughs> <laughs> so, so once you are in a circle, the publishing industry works as a similar mafia as media is. So uh, it's get very easy to get published. I uh, mean, uh, he wrote on one on foreign policy, Pax Indica. Mm. It was just a compilation of his newspaper articles. <laughs> mm. So these are the people who can get away with this. You compile so your newspa newspaper articles now. Yeah. It is a drawing room reflection on some issues. It's people like us. Uh, people <laughs> like us kind of thing. But it has a layman's take on uh, means uh, his religious encounters with his, the religion he was born in. And it has a layman's kind of value to uh, religious exploration. But uh, in absence of, uh, say, uh, authority over, say, Sanskrit, or scriptures, he talks a lot of things which uh, are add no value to I mean yeah, second hand, in second, hand uh, so second hand information. So he was speaking in Davos, so, or yeah. Something. So that is uh, now these are the kind of people who get published by Aleph and Penguin. So you read it for how this club is doing well. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about books, I must say, if you have to change your perception the about... The <laughs> remarks of Anand Vardhan. <laughs> if you have to uh, change your views on certain things, uh, certain perceptions that are embedded in the Indian mind, please go and read Bertil Lindner's uh, China's India War. Hmm. Uh, it should serve as an uh, eye-opener to many of our scholars who have uh, just uh, looked at India's uh, war in 1962 with China from one angle, that is India... Um, was the one banned, uh, Nathan? no was that it? is Neville Maxwell oh, okay, so right, Neville right, Maxwell's right, right, right. was India's China war yes this is China's India war Bertil Lindner is a Swedish journalist see, uh, see, based and uh, worked in uh, Southeast Asia mm -hmm. he's based in Chiang Rai okay. Chiang Mai sorry in okay. uh, North uh, Thailand right and he has busted the myth 
that uh, india provoked the war mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was not china china had prepared for this war 3 years before the war mm-hmm. broke out wow. so it's a very well documented research book and it should unshackle hopefully our researchers on china their mind even that himalayan blunder was that was banned, there. Uh, yeah that was a army officer but that was a, his personal perspective but therefore i say that you know nearly what uh, 50 yeah uh, more uh, than 55 that. years now yeah. 56 years after the war if this book has come out it's something that uh, one must and read and still the henderson brooks report has not is, been out uh, but that was partly taken by i mean neville maxwell was given Part this one. report yeah. this was he was given the report he based on his uh, based his book on that report which was leaked to him so leakage of uh, confidential documents mm-hmm. is some, not something new <laughs> <laughs> ravan sir your recommendation uh, david letterman has started his mm. my next guest with his stint with netflix so his first uh, guest was uh, barack obama mm. so i saw that and obama is basically talking about uh, you know his life after the post presidency so it's quite interesting what all he is doing and what all he is doing with his children and his wife so interesting take mm. so i'll suggest one should watch this i'll go with anand's recommendation please watch the post uh, mm. really nice and uh, that's all that we have for half that day remember pay to keep news free when the public pays the public is served when corporations pay corporates are served and we leave you with this song mere desh ki dharti sona ugle ugle heere moti mere desh ki dharti mere desh ki dharti mere desh ki dharti sona ugle ugle heere moti mere desh ki dharti Have a great weekend. Have a great long weekend, and see you next week on Hafta. Happy Thank Republic you. Day! Happy Republic Thank Day! Thank you. Happy Republic Day! All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes, and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs, and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm.